This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. Well, it's good to see you this morning. My name's Dan, if I haven't met you yet, net. Uh, <laughs> I'm one of the leaders here at Life Church. And uh, we're going to be finishing our Cornerstone series this morning. But what a great story from Tom. Um, and uh, can I encourage you, if you're not part of a life group, get involved in one. Check out the website. You can see all the groups on there. Drop us an email at info at lifelengths.org. And we'd love to help you get connected. So our series, Cornerstone. If you haven't um, heard the rest of the series, that's cool. You didn't need to hear it all to hear this morning's message. But can I encourage you to check it out on the previous live streams on the YouTube or check out the podcast through your app or through the website. Uh, That would be brilliant. We've been thinking about Jesus as our cornerstone, thinking about how he is our foundation. We've been thinking about how he's not our mascot, he's our master. We've been thinking about the fact that we are living stones and we are connected to the stone that gives life, Jesus this cornerstone. The fact there is no other name than Jesus, and Jesus is all that we need. That's like my version of of all the messages that you've heard. They were all way better than that, Um, but uh, can I encourage you to engage with that, connect with that? I mean, think about this scripture, Psalm 118 verse 22, and this is where we get this idea, this concept of cornerstone from. It says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus was this stone that the builders rejected, that humanity rejected as he was living and walking here on earth, that um, a group of people at that time decided to crucify him, but thankfully, through the power of God's love, he was resurrected so that we could live this new amazing life with him, life to the full, free from our past, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But this series is all about making Jesus our cornerstone, making that our choice, and thinking about how do we build our lives on Jesus? How do we build our lives on Jesus? Maybe in this series, our view of Jesus changed. And that's what I want to think about a bit this morning. How we see Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? Maybe we um, used to view Jesus like, well, I'll just kind of get the table set. It's kind of like a bit of a magistrate. I'll get the table set and uh, everything's on. And then what we'll do is we'll just whip the cloth out from underneath. And that was Jesus. And it's like, life's all right. You know, he was there at the start. We'll kind of whip it out from underneath. But maybe that's, maybe that's how we saw Jesus. Oh, he was great for a moment, and then we'll just kind of get rid of him. Look, everything's still fine. Um, or maybe, maybe, for, maybe for some of us, we felt like actually, you know, um, for me, Jesus, before we heard this series or before we thought about some of the things, maybe uh, it was kind of like, oh, kind of like, kind of a bit off and on with Jesus, kind of a bit like, we're on a break, we're not on a break, you know. Um, maybe you're a Friends fan, and that reference means more to you than it does to some But I want to encourage us, and I think this is where we've been going, and probably, you know, I hope this is where you are, and can I encourage you to be where this is you are this morning, is that actually Jesus is our foundation. You know, not not just for a moment uh, to be removed or or to switch on and off, but also he is our foundation that we continue to build our life on day by day. And that is something we are super passionate here at Life Church about that we are passionate about Jesus and we're passionate about being fully devoted followers of him. Not of someone else, but all in with Jesus. So how we view Jesus determines how we build our lives upon him. How we understand who Jesus is determines how we build upon him. 
Maybe, um, and this was me when I was growing up as a kid, it was kind of like, it's really black and white. It's either like, you know, you're not or you are. But in reality, maybe for some of us, and I know this has maybe been parts of my life in the past, it was kind of like, well, I'm building my li- this area of my life on Jesus, or I'm building this area of my life on Jesus. So this, this is a bit involved with Jesus. But can I encourage us, that, that's, that's okay, that's what it is. But there is a way better life to live. There is a life where we build our whole lives on Jesus, where we make him our foundation in every aspect of our life. This idea of making him our cornerstone, the first stone put down that we build our lives upon. And it's a daily choice. It's a daily choice. Yeah, we can dip in that, but we can, that's, that's, that is an option. But I want to say to you this morning, it's not the greatest option. The best option is to fully build on Jesus, is to make him our foundation. And this morning, I want to ask a few questions. Who is Jesus to us? How do we see him? Or where do we see him? And what do we say about him? There's this great story in Matthew 16. I want to read it to us. It's going to, it's going to be on your screens as well. When Jesus came to the region, struggling with words this morning, The region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, by other humans, but by my Father in heaven. But I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I have given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. That last verse is something else, and I'm sure we'll come to that another time. But I want to focus on this statement that Jesus is making, uh, sorry, that Peter has made about Jesus. The fact that Peter is making this declaration. So we find Jesus on a bit of an adventure, maybe an excursion you'd like to call it. You know, semi-school trip minus the bus. Um, Up to Caesarea Philippi from the Galilee area. This is about 70 kilometers, which um, is about 44 miles. Um, So in today's standards, in in January 2020, that's definitely worth a fine. It's out of your area. And uh, if there's a McDonald's near there, you get an even worse fine. Um, and also, this was one big bubble. Uh, 12 plus guys plus some girls as well. So anyway, they're on this kind of trip, this kind of youth, young adults trip, because they're all fairly young. And they were up to this place called Caesarea Philippi. They were hoping maybe to make some memories, maybe to go on a journey, maybe to see some new things, maybe to explore a new area. And they were probably wondering, why is Jesus bringing us here? Well, we'll come to that in a moment. But they went on this trip, and it was a learning experience. It was a journey together. And when they get there, Jesus poses this question. Who do you say I am? Not who do others say I am, but who do you say I am? And I think that's such an important question for us to pose to ourselves. Who do we say Jesus is? I love what C.S. Lewis writes, because you know this is like the, a beautifully eloquent way of putting it. C.S. Lewis, the brilliant fictional author, and also wrote some brilliant non-fiction books as well um, about his faith in Jesus. This is what he says. A man who is merely a man 
and said the sort of things Jesus said would not, great, sorry, would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he is a poached egg or the devil himself. He goes on to say, you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense. This is where I love, I love that he's just like straight to the point. Don't come with any patronizing nonsense about him being some just a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend just to be known as a great teacher. Now it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend. And consequently, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. I love that from Lewis. The way he puts that. He says, this is who Jesus is to me. Some say he's a madman. Some say he's just like got some nice thoughts. He's a good teacher. But I'm saying he is way more, definitely not a lunatic, but he's way more than just a good teacher. He's way more than that. And Jesus, when he asks this question in verse 13, he says, who do you say the son of man is? I, who do you say I am, the son of God in your presence? And the disciples started with other people's views. Maybe that's what we do in life. Maybe that's a normal human thing. You know, when someone asks about something, maybe we've heard someone else's opinion recently, and that's the thing that's fresh in our mind. Maybe if we don't know, and he's like, no, 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 hold on. I want to know who you say I am. I want to know who you say I am. Jesus wants to know this morning who we say he is, because that determines how we view him, how we see him. That actually Jesus isn't some sort of, puppet or he isn't some sort of genie that we rub a lamp and he does whatever we want you know I'll rub the lamp I want a Ferrari and you know maybe maybe Jesus maybe God doesn't look like Will Smith to you dressed in blue but sometimes maybe we treat God a bit like that you know the Bible it talks again and again about bringing our needs to him not just a list of our wants Jesus and Santa are two different people just to clarify if you weren't aware and this kind of imagery that sometimes maybe gets muddled up in our minds, Jesus is trying to clarify at this moment. Jesus is trying to clarify for these guys, for these girls that are there. He is the Lord of heaven and earth, the one who created us and spoke creation into being. He has never given up on us. He's consistent. He is with us. He meets our needs. He walks with us through every single situation. As Hebrews 13 puts it, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the Jesus that we're talking about. That is the Jesus that Peter proclaims. That he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. The one who has come to rescue us and invite us into what he is up to. He is this ultimate foundation, this cornerstone. That is who Jesus is. And he gave his life so, so that we could then live the life that he created us to live. And that is so much more than someone I just want to get stuff I want from. And I think it's really important that we seek to um, know who Jesus is. Seek to continually know more of who he is. And ask to experience more of who he is. To get to know him better. 
The reality um, of our experience of Jesus determines our view of him. And so maybe if you think Jesus is an angry guy or someone who's seen your pain and ignored it or has just kind of let you make the same mistake over and over again, maybe that's how you feel, how you see Jesus is. Well, can I encourage you this morning? Jesus wants you to experience his love and grace. His power made perfect in your weakness, in my weakness. That Jesus isn't an angry God. He's not a big kid with a magnifying glass waiting to burn up some ants called us. God is the God of love. And he wants us to experience his love, to know his love. That's why he died on the cross and rose from the dead three days later, to show and display his love. And when we make him our cornerstone, when we make him our foundation, then it changes things in our lives because I think we begin to experience more of who Jesus really is. And Peter was declaring that he had made Jesus his cornerstone. You are this Messiah, and what that, you know, in other terms, that you are my cornerstone, you are my God, you are the Redeemer, the Restorer, you are the one who is bringing something new. And when Jesus died on the cross, he rescues us from our past and enables us to step into our future. He enables us to choose to make him the rock, to put our feet on, to be sure of. When everything else changes around us, he is the one we can rely on. And so I want to pause for just a moment. Right now, before we go on, say, actually, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, and maybe you've never said, Jesus, I want to put my trust in you. I want to say, that actually, you are my cornerstone for the first time. Or to, or to say, actually, Jesus, I've kind of drifted away from that. I want to come back to you. Jesus, may, I want to experience your love and your grace. Well, I want to pray in, in just a moment. And if that's you, then please do let us know by emailing us or head to the, to the Jesus page on the website after this, after this live stream. And it's uh, lifelanks.org forward slash Jesus. And to find out more about what he's done for you and how you can make our steps forward. But if that's you this morning, you want to say, Jesus, I want to say yes to you. I want to put my past behind me and live my life for you. Then I'd love you to join in in this prayer right now. And maybe you could let us know by emailing us or you could comment. And we'd love to connect with you and help you in this decision. God, we're sorry for the mistakes that we've made. We know that you know our past, you know our now, and you know our future. And God, we want to choose to live for you. Jesus, we come as we are to you right now. We thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you that you died for us and that you rose again so that we could have new life in you. Jesus, we choose to follow you right now. Amen. Amen. And so... If you prayed that prayer, that's probably one of the most important steps in your walk with God, but it's about continual steps with him. It's about a daily choice to make him your foundation. And the second question I have this morning is, where do we see Jesus? And you go, I can't see him. Or I have to go to an old church building or a museum to see a portrait. Well, I want us to think about where we see him in different situations. Maybe right now you feel like you're in a fog Maybe that's something that's helpful. Um, about a week ago, I think it was a Saturday morning, uh, I woke up and I looked out the window and there's just this heavy fog from my house. I can always, well, not always, clearly not this morning, the story I'm about to tell you. See Pendle Hill. Um, and the fog was so low, I couldn't even see the other end of the metropolis that is Padium. And, um, and this fog was deep and heavy and I just thought, this is like what life is like right now. 
not, not to be depressive, but a reality check. You're going, it feels like walking through this fog. We don't really know what the end of the month looks like in terms of, will there be the same restrictions? Will my job look like this way? Maybe will I still have a job? Will, will my kids go to school? Whatever questions you might have, that actually maybe feels like a fog right now. Maybe it feels like a strange and different land. You know, these, these guys have gone with Jesus in Matthew 16 to a strange and different place. This place, Caesarea Philippi, was not a place for, for this little um, Jewish youth group to head to. You know, this was a weird and wonderful place full of all sorts of mystical things. And uh, clearly, from its name, was ruled by the Romans, and, in, uh, and so were they at the time, but very much imposed on the name of the place, Caesarea Caesar that actually this place was full of all sorts of different faiths, different religions. And to top it off, they were stood by a huge crack in the ground called the Gates of Hades. So this seems like a strange and different place. <laughs> this seems like a place that maybe you feel like this, where I'm at right now in life, I haven't moved house, I haven't left the country, but it feels like a different place. It doesn't feel like 2019, do you remember that? You know, when people like sat near each other on sofas, on TV, on the one show. And you didn't have to wear a mask to Asda. I'm just thinking about the priorities of myself. Uh, and I'm joking. Um, that this is a strange place that we are in. And why does Jesus bring them there? Well, he brings them there to go, actually, if you can declare who I am, if you can say who I am in this place, then you can do it in the comfort of the other place. You see, it's easy to say that Jesus is our cornerstone or Jesus is our king, or especially when we sing King of Kings, great song, on a Sunday morning on the live stream, or hope, you know, when we're gathered in person, past and future, believing, and at life group. You know, maybe it's easy to say who Jesus is in those moments, but what about when we're in a different place? Maybe for some of us, we go, actually, it's easier. Because I'm in crisis. This, I'm lost. I'm in this fog. I don't know what's going on. Jesus is the only one I can lean on. Jesus is the only one I can rest on. Jesus is the only one I can trust at this time. Maybe for others, it's harder. Because we find ourselves in situations where no one around us wants to trust God. And, and then turns it into mocking us for trusting God. And you go, where is your God now? Maybe that's our situation. But we know that we can trust him. In this situation, in the different place, in the place that we find ourselves in this fog. We can trust Jesus in the difficult place, but also in the mundane. Where do we see Jesus in, in the mundane? Maybe in the quiet of your daily exercise, you hear Jesus. Maybe if you're a parent and when you put your kids to bed and you say that short prayer, maybe that's when you're seeing Jesus. Maybe when you go to the shops and you see other people, and maybe there's something in your heart that pulls towards people to go, actually, Jesus loves them too. Maybe when you're out walking, your dog or other animal, some people do walk ferrets. I've seen it with my eyes. Not just in Yorkshire. Maybe you hear from God there. Maybe, and we can keep listing things when we read this book, or we're praying in this certain environment, or in this certain place, we see Jesus even in the mundane. This person who is our cornerstone, this God is the one that we can rely on. In as much in crisis and in high points. You know, someone told me something they used to 
they used to do, I think it was in 2019, such a long time ago. Uh, but I love this, that when, when they were able to kind of work normally, maybe it was the start of 2020, um, you remember there was like two months in 2020, there was January, three months, January, February, and then March, September, you know, it went all the way to December. Um, but maybe it was before that, that um, they would gather together, a few guys, uh, Christians, and there was a bunch of people working on this building site, but they would get there 15 minutes earlier. 15 minutes, oh, long time, not. 15 minutes earlier, and they would pray together on the building site as builders. Just say, actually, we, we just want to pray together. We want to connect as Christians, but also pray for our fellow builders. Um, sorry if you're a builder and that's not what you call each other, but you get the point. And I love that as an image because it's not, they got there two and a half hours earlier and they marched around the, the buildings 13 times and it collapsed, oh no, it's Jericho. Um, that actually, they, they get together and they said, actually, we're going to put God first in this space. In the mundane of our tools, maybe like that's harsh and you don't like me saying buildings mundane, but I mean our everyday lives, our normal moments. Jesus is the cornerstone, whether we're in the fog or clear blue skies, we're in the good times or the hard times, the spectacular or the mundane, we can look for and to Jesus because he is right beside us. Where is Jesus? He's right beside us. It's whether we choose to turn to him or not. We get to choose to turn to him. We get to choose to build our lives upon him. And the third question is this. Who do we say Jesus is? We can know who Jesus is. We can see where Jesus is. But who do we say he is? Jesus asked this question. Peter gives the brilliant answer. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This God who is the restorer. This God who has come to be amongst us. This God who enables us to live life and life to the full. Was Jesus trying to find out how they really saw him in this moment? Was he wondering where they were at in seeing him? Was he trying to show them all that really matters? Or was he trying to do all of that? Well, Jesus wasn't trying to test them. Jesus isn't trying to test you this morning. He's just asking a question. Who do you say I am? Who am I to you? Where am I in this idea of being your cornerstone? And the reality is this, Jesus knows our hearts and minds, so you think, what's the point of saying it? No point saying it. He already knows. He's God. But there is a power when we speak it out. Because when Peter speaks it out, Jesus' response is, this is how we, this, I will build my church on this rock. Is it about Peter is the ultimate Christian? I'd like to suggest not. He was a great guy and did many great things, and we can learn a lot from his life. But he's saying, I will build my church with people who declare who I am and have a commitment to make me cornerstone. Because the reality is the church isn't built on one person, it's built on Jesus. And therefore, we get to be part of building the church because we make the declaration say, Jesus, this is who you are, and I'm going to live my life for you. A commitment of putting him first in every part of our life, in every step of the way. Jesus builds with a bunch of people who make him their cornerstone. I want to be one. It's like the commitment is high, but the skill bar is low. So that is great qualification for me. Maybe you're like, I didn't, I didn't walk away from school with anything, or I don't do this certain job, or doesn't matter. Jesus is looking for commitment. Not, not, not academia, or skill, or whatever, insert word that you think is a barrier. Jesus is looking for our commitment to him. 
And I love, I love, just as, um, just as the band come and help me out, I love that in uh, Matthew 12, it says this, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we speak out, when we say who Jesus is, when we declare who he is, that declaration becomes our foundation. What we're speaking out is what we've already decided in our heart. It flows out of us. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We're communicating and putting out there who Jesus is. And, and what I don't mean by that is, is that this afternoon we tweet you know, or Facebook, Jesus is my cornerstone. That like nails it for everyone. Well, most people don't know <laughs> what that means. We know what it means because we're doing a series on it and we're journeying with this and we're chatting about it. But actually, the idea of like a social media post, so many social media posts that go viral or things on social media that go viral, a lot viral, a lot of people regret. But the reality is this, it's the most unregrettable statement you'll ever make in your life to say that Jesus is my cornerstone, that he is the one that I build my life upon. He is my Lord, my King, my leader, my master, my friend, my savior, and so on. That he is the one that I build my life upon. And then we step into this new space. When we speak that, we step into this new space that our words create. One final story, and then we're going to worship. I love, I found this out recently. Martin Luther King's one of my heroes. That was already there. I love that I have a dream speech. You know, I'm sure lots of people love that. I recently found out something amazing about it. He had this speech lined up on his podium, on the lectern. He'd written it. I'm sure he'd sweated over it. He'd thought about it. He'd kept him up at night. This was a moment he knew people were gathering. And as he did his speech, he'd, he kind of got to the point of finishing it. And then this woman that he knew, a, a, an American gospel singer called uh, Mahalia Jackson. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She shouted from the crowd, tell us about the dream, Martin. He hadn't planned to share it. He hadn't got it written on his notes. It came out of his heart. Jesus had, well, I'd like to suggest that Jesus had not prepared the disciples for this question. Who do you say I am? It flows out of our hearts. It flows out of what is in us. I don't think they had essays prepared on who Jesus is, 2,000 words on my desk by Monday. That he asked them in the moment, who do you say I am? In, in the comfort and the discomfort, in the different and the strange, in the normal, whatever situation, who do you say I am? And when we speak that, it overflows from within us. So what, is it, what does it look like this week to speak out who Jesus is? The fact that Jesus is our cornerstone. Like I said, it doesn't mean posting that statement on Facebook. I, th I think it looks more like seeking out a neighbor who needs help. You know, posting on that, on that, maybe you're in like a social media group for your neighborhood, your street, your small town, whatever it is. Posting something positive on there because maybe there's so much negativity. Listening to that colleague who's struggling. Sharing something that is positive and worth celebrating about your family. Maybe in a family group. Maybe offering even to like a prayer box on your social media or, or posting something through someone's door or how this week do we communicate who Jesus is in our lives? Because it's an overflow of what's in us. The fact when Jesus is our cornerstone, it can't help but flow out of us. Who we declare who he is determines where we place him in our lives. How we see Jesus determines how we build our lives upon him.
This series, Cornerstone, it's that simple. It's about building our lives on Jesus. And that is the most important decision that we make every day. How do I build my life on Jesus today? How do I make sure Jesus is my cornerstone today? How do I put him first today in everything that I do? If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at lifelanks on social media or our website, lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbours, our nation and the nations with the good news about Jesus.